Here is a sermon that was preached by Pastor Ballin in one of the Sunday morning services. So as we know, last few weeks, we have been talking about giving. And in fact, today is the final day of that long sermon series. So we did seven sermons and today is the eighth sermon on the long sermon series called The Doctrine of Giving. We want to talk about some of the basic principles which are you know, still probably not addressed in a very detailed way during this last seven sermons. Some of the basic doctrines are principles which Bible talks about giving, concerning giving. That's what we will be dealing with today. So let's quickly take, us, you know, take all of us through what we did the last uh, seven weeks. The first week we talked about we are not the owners. We are not the owners of the wealth that God has given to us. But instead we are stewards. We are managers of the wealth that God has given to us. The second week we spoke saying that we serve a God who is a giver. So as his followers, God expects us to give and we want to be givers too. The third week we said, we talked about unlocking the hidden treasures. Treasures are somewhere hiding and God wants us to unlock those treasures the same way Isaac did. As he dug those wells, he found living water. He found water there in those wells. So God wants us to remove the mud from those blessing areas where the blessings are hiding by our giving. When we give, we will be able to unlock those hidden treasures in our lives. The fourth week we saw the reason why God blessed us is the same reason why God blessed Abraham. Scripture says God blessed Abraham and he promised him saying that through you, in you, all the nations will be blessed. So the reason why God gives us blessing is to be a blessing to somebody, someone else. Not to really hold on to those blessings, but instead to give those blessings out to somebody. The fifth week we talked about the law of tithing. In the New Testament context, as well as in the Old Testament context, how tithing is relevant and how important tithing is. And the sixth week, we talked about the principle of sowing. As a farmer takes the seed to sow, the same way we sow in the kingdom of God, and we reap the harvest. We reap the benefit of our giving. And last week, we dealt with the five different offerings of the Leviticus, the burnt offering, the grain offering, the sin offering, and the peace offering, and the trespass offering. How children of Israel were expected to give those five offerings. And if you remember, we understood those five offerings and we tied them together in the New Testament context. And we looked at the cross, the work that Jesus did at the cross, you know, that really makes us free from doing this, giving this offerings. We don't need to give burnt offering and sin offering anymore. Probably we want to give the thank offering, the peace offerings. Uh, you know, that, that's, that's the expectation of the word of God. So we talked about that in very detail. And today we are going to see some of the important principles of giving. Now, you know, all the sermons are available in the, in the, in the internet, in, in the YouTube channel. Probably, you know, you can just go, them, go and visit them. And probably you'll get, you know, complete information about uh, giving. And today we are going to address some of those modern trends that we see today in terms of giving. Probably one familiar teaching that you would have come across is the prosperity gospel. How we can become prosperous, how 
how we can prosper in our lives. You know, there are a couple of other things, other principles that I want to talk about. And so that it will also help us to, you know, fill those gaps as we did those, you know, series during the last seven weeks. Principle number one. Giving is not the only ingredient of prosperity. During the last seven weeks, we said, giving, if you give to God, you know, God is faithful to give that back to you. And, but today we are saying, giving is not the only ingredient of prosperity. We study the principle of sowing. We studied that in very detail the other day. And we said, the size of the harvest that we expect depends on the size that we sow. If we sow more, we expect more, we get more. You know, they are directly proportional. But even though the amount of giving is directly proportional to the harvest, to the, the blessings that we can receive, giving is not the only ingredient to become prosperous. You know, financial prosperity requires much more than giving. You know, today you come across, when you open the tune, tune on to the TV channels, you come across, you know, men of God saying that if you sow $100 in this ministry, under this anointing, you will get $200. You will get $2,000. God is able to multiply. Is that true? Yes, it is true. God can multiply. But the thing that is, that is missed out there, the important, you know, the message that is not conveyed at that moment is what we are going to talk about this morning. So as I say, giving is not the only ingredient to become prosperous. You know, if someone says buttermilk is good enough to make pancakes, you know, we all know that buttermilk, buttermilk alone cannot make pancakes. It needs some other ingredients. Buttermilk may be one of the ingredients to ma make pancake. In the same way, if somebody says, you just give to God, that will, you know, reap you, that will bring you the reward. That may not be true. As children of God, as a student of the word of God, we may not be able to, you know, just go by what they said, what they say. Sometimes Christian giving is looked upon like a spiritual stock market. Where you want to invest, you know, when you talk to some of the financial advisors, the spiritual, the Christian Bible-based financial advisors, even they say, why do you want to invest in the stock markets, you know, outside? Just why don't you give to God? It's another stock market, spiritual stock market. You invest in kingdom of God and you will see the reward. Certain extent it is true, but not completely as I said, that's not the only ingredient. There are a number of ingredients this morning I just want to, you know, talk, take you through. So as I, you know, as I take you through, we will have the verses in the screen quickly so that we will be able to read those scriptures together. The primary ingredient in prosperity is faith. The primary ingredient in prosperity is faith. Let's shall we read from James chapter 1 verses 5 and 7. James chapter 1. Can you hear the verse? James chapter 1 verses 5 and 7. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach. And it will be given to him. If any of you need wisdom, it will be given to him when you ask God. But let him ask in faith. 
Anything that you want to ask God, you ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Verse 7. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from God. Scripture says, if you do not ask anything in faith, don't expect to receive anything. Giving alone will not bring the blessings. We need to give to God along with faith. Because scripture says, faith will bring the blessings from God. The number two ingredient is obedience. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 28 verses 1 and 2. Deuteronomy chapter 28 verses verse 1 says, Now it shall come to pass, listen to this, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments. If you're willing, diligently you keep following all the commandments of God which I commanded you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. And verse 2 says, And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord. Can you just repeat that after me? Because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Obedience is important. Shall we read verse 12? The Lord will open to you, listen to this, when you obey the voice of God, when you obey the commandments of God, the Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. The scripture comes under the section where God talks about people of God obeying to the word of God. This scripture is many times used under giving. If you give to God, you will not lend to many nations. That's wrong. Scripture says, when you obey the commandment of God, you will lend to many nations, but you will not, for, you will not borrow. Giving is not the only ingredient for prosperity. Number three, meditating God's word. Joshua chapter 1 to 8. Joshua chapter 1 to 8 says, This book of the law, listen to this, shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate the word of God in it and day and night that you may observe to do according to all that it is written in this. For then you will make your way prosperous. When do we make our ways prosperous? When we meditate the word of God and then you will have good success. Number four ingredient, fear of God. Word of God says in Psalm 112 verses 1 through 3. Psalm 112 verse 1. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. His descendants, listen, will be mighty on earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. And verse 3, wealth and riches will be in his house and his righteousness endures forever. When wealth and riches will be in his house, when someone fears God. Giving is not the only ingredient to have wealth in our houses and riches in our house. We need to fear God. Number five ingredient, the attitude with which we give. In Matthew chapter 5 verse 8, Jesus spoke as part of the Sermon on the Mount. He said, blessed are the pure in heart. They shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart. In heart. The attitude of our heart becomes 
important not just only giving there are many other scriptures matthew chapter 5 verses 23 and 24 jesus said if someone is bringing the offering the sixth ingredient we are talking about if somebody is bringing the offering he's having a trouble with his brother and god says leave the offering there go and reconcile and then come and give the offering so that means if we give offering without that reconciliation without that strife and conflict being removed between the brethren having vengeance in our mind against somebody when we come and give the offering it will not be a blessing it will not be a blessing seventh ingredient chapter john uh, third john verse one well, so chapter one verse two third john chapter one verse two here we read beloved i pray that you may prosper all things and be in health just as your soul prospers you know, if you if you take a balance and put your soul in one side and how healthy your soul how spiritually healthy your soul only that much of blessing we can receive it all depends on how our soul prospers so we are trying to say that giving is not the only ingredient for prosperity you know, at times our giving alone doesn't really bring the financial blessings in our lives you know sometimes we give to god we give tight regularly but we don't we are not blessed so it is time that we need to analyze what is wrong what else is going on in my life that's the reason we may not be able to get blessings from our lives am i having faith in god am i obeying god am i meditating the word of god do i have fear of god am i pure in my heart have i reconciled with my brother you know these are some of the things areas we need to think about so if prosperity teaching if somebody is saying giving alone will make you prosper let's not listen to that it is deception there are various other ingredients for our grieving principle number two it's called principle of wealth transfer principle of wealth transfer it is biblical it is in the word of god you know, God giving the wealth of the sinners to, into the hands of the righteous. Into the hands of the righteous. Today, we see multi-millionaires in this world who are not children of God. If there are righteous people, if there are godly people in the city, according to the word of God, God will take those wealth from the wicked and God will give those wealth to the righteous. That's what the word of God says. It's called principle of wealth transfer. Let's read a couple of scriptures, what the word of God says. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 22. Listen to this. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 22. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. The wealth of the sinner, listen to this, is stored up for the righteous. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 26. Listen to this. Scripture says, For God gives wisdom and knowledge and joy to a man who is good in his heart. But to the sinner, he gives the work of gathering and collecting that he may give to good before God. You know, sinners, their job is to collect and gather so that that can be given to those who are good in their heart. You know, this is the principle of wealth transfer. 
And when it happens, as we saw in, the, in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 22, it talks about a good man. The wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. If God finds us righteous, he doesn't mind taking the wealth of the sinner and giving that wealth in our hands. You know, we need to claim these promises because it's the word of God. It is the word of God. Today we see wicked flourishing. Wicked flourishing. And the more wicked is flourishing, we don't need to be you know, really, you know, really jealous of him, but instead, we want to kneel down at the feet of God and sit down at the feet of God. Lord, what else I need to do, Lord, to become righteous? Remember God was looking for 50 righteous, 40 righteous, 30 righteous? Because God couldn't find any righteous people. And if God finds somebody who is righteous, God will take the wealth of the wicked, the sinners, and he will transfer it to you and me. You know, that's the reason we need to be found righteous. Principle of wealth transfer. You remember children of God when they came from Egypt. They were slaves in Egypt. When they came out of Egypt, let's read the scriptures. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 10 and 12. Listen to this. So it shall be when the Lord your God brings you into the land of which he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, to give you large and beautiful cities which you did not build. They did not build those cities. Houses full of all good things which you did not fill. Hewn out wells which you did not dig. Vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant. When you have eaten and are full. You know God says. Beware lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Remember those days. If you are found righteous. If you are found. How many of them experienced that blessing in, in, when you talk about children of Israel? Not everybody. All the sinners, all the wicked, they all died in the wilderness. Only very few could enter into Canaan. And when they entered into Canaan, houses were just ready. Wells were already ready. Olive trees uh, were already right there. Vineyards were already there. They experienced the blessings which they did not work for. Somebody else worked for. You know, when God gave the promised land of Canaan to Egyptian slaves, this is what he gave. Beautiful houses they did not build. You know, cultivative farms which did, they did not work for. Fields of full grain which they did not plant. Wells full of water which they did not dig. And, you know, there are so many things, livestock and, you know, uh, there are great cities and houses and all the blessings God gave to the children of Israel which they did not work for. You know, this works. This works. This principle works. But it works with a condition. It works only for righteous. God is able to take the wealth of the wicked and give it in the hands of righteous. And when you are found righteous in the presence of God, let's claim this promise. Let's claim this promise. And we expect God to work in our lives. As long as we are found righteous, And the God is a God of blessing. Today we are not blessed because there is a reason why we are blessed. And as we take, you know, take us through these scriptures, God may help us to find those areas where the blessings are held up in our lives. The moment of disobedience from God, we may lose it. We may lose those blessings. At times, you know, it may not just happen all of a sudden. 
It may happen eventually, slowly. You still find people who those who are flourishing, you think that they are righteous, they are with God, and they may not be. And it takes time, slowly, slowly, we'll see that happening. Sometimes it may not be in their generation, we'll see that if the moment they go away from God, it may be affecting their descendants, their children, and their children's children will be affected. So principle number two, we talked about principle of wealth transfer. Principle number three, principle of investing in God's kingdom. Scripture is asking us to invest in God's kingdom. God is asking us to invest in God's kingdom. When I say invest, when we give, it's an investment that we are making in the kingdom of God. You know, any investment you make, we expect return. Why you want to take our money and put that in the stock market and, you know, wait for nothing? We all expect return when we make an investment. In the same way, when you invest in the kingdom of God, there is a return. There are two aspects to that return. One return is the earthly blessings that we receive. The other return is the spiritual blessings or the heavenly blessings that we receive when we invest in God's kingdom. When we give our tithes and offerings to God, it enables two, two things, two kinds of blessings. One is earthly blessing. The other one is heavenly blessing. When we receive such blessings, Scripture says, our eyes should not be fixed on the earthly blessings, but instead our eyes should be fixed on the heavenly blessings. You know, that's why we, we, we struggle at times. You know, people are encouraged today to invest in the kingdom of God, but they, when they invest, they are blessed by God. But then their eyes are turned away from heavenly blessings and they start focusing, start looking into the earthly blessings and they go away from God. But this morning, scripture is telling us, scripture in fact talks about the earthly gain. Let's read Luke chapter 6 verse 38. Luke chapter 6 verse 38. Scripture says, give, it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be put in your bosom for with the same measure you measure that we use, it will be measured back to you. Physical blessings, material blessings. When you give to God, God lifts you up. God gives you a better job. God, you know, may do something beautiful in your life. You receive the blessing of God. In Malachi chapter 3 verse 10, the very familiar scripture that we have been telling, bring all the tithes into the storehouse into the church of God, into the temple of God, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out for you blessings, that there will be no room to hold those blessings. Material blessings, physical blessings, word, word of God is talking about. So when we invest in God's kingdom, God is giving us earthly blessings as we read. God also gives us heavenly blessings. Heavenly blessings. Let's read a couple of them from Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 21. Jesus said, Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up your treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, where no thief they don't even break in to steal your treasures. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Jesus said, 
you invest in the kingdom of God and add treasures in heaven. You know, that's the reason Paul writes in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. He says, If then we were raised with Christ Jesus, seek those things which are above. You know, seek those blessings which are above. The treasures that we are putting in the heavenly account, seek those treasures. Look into those treasures where Christ is sitting. Seek those blessings which God is keeping in store for you in heaven. You know, that's the reason Peter, if you remember Peter, Peter one day, he came and he asked Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, we left everything and we followed you. What are we going to get? You told, come, follow me. And I left my boat, I left my net, I left my friends and family, everything. I followed. Don't you ask that question, same question to God? At times, Lord, I left everything and I'm following you today. What will I get, Lord? Why am I not blessed in those areas? When will I be blessed, O oh God, in those areas? We have that question too. Peter asked that in Luke chapter 18, verses 28 to 30. Here Peter says, Luke chapter 18, verses... 28 to 30. Then Peter said, See, we have left all and followed you. So Jesus said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left his house, or parents, or brothers, or wife, or children, for the sake of the kingdom of God, who shall not receive many things more in this present time, and in the age to come eternal life. If you left everything for the sake of Christ, you will receive blessings on this earth in the present time as well as in the age yet to come. But Jesus, word of God is saying, do not look at the blessings that we get here. You know, blessings will follow. When we follow God, when we give to God, when we obey all the eight, when we listen to all those eight ingredients that we talked about, blessings will follow for sure because it's the word of God. But when we receive those blessings, do not worry about those blessings. Blessings are given to bless others. Blessings are given to build God's kingdom. We don't really try to you know, elevate. We don't try to you know, make our, our lifestyle, change our lifestyle. But instead, we increase our giving to God. That's what we try to do when we are blessed. I just want to take you to an extreme level of giving. Let's go to Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. Here Paul says, But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. An extreme of the investment that we can make in the kingdom of God is willing to lose everything. Willing to lose everything. He lost all his blessings. He lost all his, you know, uh, all his status. Everything. In fact, Paul has to work by himself. He has to just wait for his offering to come from Macedonia, from other places, for his survival. Why? He counted all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ. Jesus, my Lord, for whom I suffered the loss of all things. Was he a giver? I'm sure he was a giver. In fact, he gave his own life. But what he experienced out of his giving was 
loss. Material loss, health loss, everything was a loss. And he was okay with that. He was okay with that. You know, there are, even today, there are people of God. Now, I know a man of God who is a very wealthy man of God. But at the end of, this, end of his age, you know, he's just old age time. This is what he says. He says, all that he needs is just one room where he can put a, in a bed and lay down. And next to that, a space for him to kneel down and pray. That's all he needs. He counts everything rest as a loss. You know, see, when we give to God, God blesses. But now it, it, it is up to us. You know, we can go on enjoying the blessings that God is giving to us. Or we can make sure that those blessings are used to treasure up in heaven by giving to gospel work, by bringing people to Christ. We are adding treasures to heaven in our account. Or we can just go and let everything go as a loss. It is all up to us. But God never stops blessing us because it is the word of God. You know, that's the reason Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, 25, for what profit is, is it uh, to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? You know, gaining the whole world is not important. Materially being blessed is not important. But what is important is, are we, gain, are we gaining our souls? Are we doing everything that soul is happy within us in what we do? Not physically, not the physical body, but whether our soul is happy in what we do. So investing brings earthly blessing as well as heavenly blessing. And when we say investing, investing is not just only money, our time, our talents, our ability, even our own life in the kingdom of God. The final principle of giving very important principle a principle of divine protection and provision principle of divine protection and provision you know we are living in the world today the safety is in question we, we cannot really guarantee or assure safety for anybody but in the midst of all that we are going through God is assuring protection and safety for his people. The reason why I bring that in the context of giving is because of Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verses 1 and 2. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verses 1 and 2. Cast your bread upon the waters for you will find it after many days. Verse 2. Give a sowing to seven. And also to eight, for you do not know what evil will be on the earth. You know, this is a very, 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 very important scripture that we need to understand. Cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. Cast your bread upon the water. Bread refers to gospel. Water refers to people. Cast your bread upon the waters, you will find it after many days. Bread is the gospel. You share the word of gospel to somebody, to people, you may not see the immediate result, but you will see the result after many days. Anyway, whatever is going to come in upon the world, we do not know it's going to be evil that is going to come on the earth. 
You know, God is assuring safety and protection for his people when they give to the work of God. That's what the scripture means. You know, giving to the spread the gospel to the world protects our future. Giving to spread the gospel to this world protects our future. Because God is asking us to cast the bread upon the waters. And second verse, he says, you do not know what evil is going to come upon the earth. And God is telling us, we need to be somewhere, somehow connected with the gospel work. With the gospel work. You know, we literally protect our tomorrow. We literally protect our descendants, our children and our children's children by giving to the gospel work. You know, as a giver towards the gospel work, we have all the legal rights. We have all the legal protection that is assured in the word of God. I'll give you a couple of more scriptures. Paul writes in 1 Timothy chapter 6 verses 18 and 19. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verses 18 and 19. This is what Paul says. Do good. Good is the work of the gospel. Good work. That they be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. You know, by giving for the good work, by doing the good work, you are storing up for yourselves a good foundation for the time which is it to come. You know, there is a time that is going to come on our lives. Safety is in question. Financial prosperity is in question. Wealth is in question. People are going to starve. But you know, those who are giving to the gospel work of God are laying down a strong foundation for the future. Future is not only the future on this earth, but also future in the eternal heaven. In the eternal heaven. You know, giving to gospel work is our protection for our future. You know, giving towards the gospel work puts us into a safe place financially. Financially. Because it is the word of God. In Philippians chapter 4 verses 14 to 20, we are going to read that scriptures. You know, God wants us. You know, at times we come across the fear of our future. God wants us to refuse those lies about our future, the you know, fear of future. God wants our finances to be protected. God wants our children to live in a goodly way, in a godly way in this country. How all these things happen, it all depends on how much we support the gospel work. We're reading from Philippians chapter 4, verses 14. Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. Paul is writing this. Now you Philippians... He is writing to Philippians. You Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. Only you shared with me for the gospel work. For even in Thessalonica, you sent once and again and again for my necessities. You gave for my necessities. So Paul was depending on Philippians, the church of Philip. Not, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds in your account. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus, the things 
from you a sweet smelling aroma an acceptable sacrifice well pleasing to god so when he says when you gave to me for the work of the gospel it is adding to your account when we give to the gospel work the fruit abounds in our account you know god has having account book in our lives every time when we give to the gospel work he adds that to our account it's credited to our account when we give to the gospel work that means our finances protected you know no sickness can can just come on our way so that we will be rushed to the emergency and taken through a serious illness and procedures and all those things which is you know so much of expense nothing will come because our account our finances are well protected because when we give to god god puts that in our in our account it's important that either we preach the gospel or we involve ourselves directly with the gospel work you know that's why it is important what we do through the television ministry it's important you know what we send it to the missionaries to the field to the mission work it becomes important because we want ourselves to be attached with the gospel work finally one scripture before i close first corinthians chapter 9 verse 16 here paul says for if i preach the gospel i have nothing to boast of for necessity is laid upon me yes woe is me if i do not preach the gospel means god's curse is upon me if i do not preach the gospel that means we lose all protection our finances are set loose because we lose the protection of god because the curse of god comes in my life if i do not support the gospel work our family our children our future generation can be protected when we give to the work of god so this morning we talked about four different principles number one god is not the sorry giving is not the only ingredient of prosperity we talked about faith we talked about obedience we talked about meditating the word of god we talked about fear of god we talked about purity in heart we talked about reconciling with our brother you know we also talked about caring for the condition of our souls they are also important to ensure prosperity in our lives principle number 2 principle of wealth transfer if we are found righteous in the presence of god god can give the wealth of this world and he can bring that to our lives principle number 3 principle of investing in god's kingdom when we give to god god brings us material blessings and also god opens the heaven and he puts treasures in our account in the heavenly in the realms but god wants us to fix our eyes upon the heavenly things not on the worldly worldly blessings principle number 4 principle of divine protection and provision when we extend our hands to support the gospel work gospel work when somebody preaching the gospel when we stand behind them and support the work of the gospel our wealth is protected in the days which are about to come this morning you know as we conclude this sermon series i pray that lord may open our eyes to find where those blessings are held up and we need to ask god what we need to set right in our lives so that those blessings belong to us shall we close our eyes Hope you are blessed by this teaching. Please write to Pastor Balan Swaminathan at balan at hipm.org. God bless you.